This is Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men, and you are listening to Start the World. Okay, one of the things that I've been stressing online lately is uh, that while it's great to have all these friends around the world uh, in different places and so forth, uh, you really, if you don't have a network that's local, you're fucking up especially with uh, the way that things are going and so forth. It, you need to know people in your area. And I moved out to a smaller town a few years ago and uh, I don't, you know, I don't really know that many people. So that was one of the things that uh, in the, the recent shutdown and all the stuff that I, I realized, I'm like, I need to reach out to some more people and uh, you know, look out for people who are pursuing excellence in some kind of way. And uh, so that's why I invited uh, killing here uh on to the show today uh, kind of uh, you know i tell people to do stuff and i try to follow my own example as much as i can <laughs> so um uh, killian is a local power lifter and he's he's not writing any of my books and he's not like you know like affiliated with me or anyway but uh i just reached out and i i saw hey here's a guy who's actually uh trying to do something and uh trying to make himself better and so that, that's you know those are the kind of people i want to know uh and so i just invited him on to talk about his story because it's actually really interesting because he's kind of gone through a rough period and uh, really turned his, his life around. And it's a good example. You know, we talk about, you know, on the show, I, I have a lot of, you know, special forces guys and all these guys who have been like super elite performers. And, but you know, so much of what we're, what I'm saying most of the time is about men, you know, wherever you are in life, you know, start over, you know, start and make yourself better. Uh, you know, start the world uh, so anyway killian thanks for coming on the show thanks today. for having me man yeah it's an honor cool cool uh so let's start out at the beginning of your story because you know you had a very we're at a very different place than you are right now <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah no i was uh, born and raised in the bay area california and uh i mean for most you know had a had a pretty good childhood um a um, little bit different, I guess, than some. Uh, both my parents were struggling addicts, so uh, my dad was a crack addict for most of his life. Uh, my mom was a meth addict, and uh, so drugs for me, honestly, just weren't weren't that big of a taboo. Um, you know, it's you know, I can remember going out to the living room at night and uh, see my dad chopping up some cocaine, or uh, you know, and uh, just little instances here and there that. Um, you know, as a kid, it didn't really connect that, you know, maybe this is different than other households. Um, but, you know, I, uh, yeah, so for me, it really wasn't um, that big of a deal when I was offered, um, you know, weed or offered anything else. It, it just kind of seemed like, well, you know, my parents do it and they get by and they take care of me. So, you know, as long as I'm responsible, you know, it's, you know, you just handle your shit, you know. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, no, um, the. Uh, I remember the first time um, I, I ever tried anything. Uh, my dad was making, um, he was making some cookies in, in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, I, I went out there, you know, I was like, oh, what's going on? And he said, just go back to your room. You know, and I, so I, you know, I closed the door and then he came out like half hour later. And he's like, you know, here, try one of these. Mm -hmm. And I remember tasting, I'm like, I'm like, this tastes burnt or it tastes bitter you know he's like just shut up and eat it you know and I, so i ate it and it was a pot cookie it was right. 420 shut up I and go to sleep I, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah it was 420 i didn't i didn't yeah. know what that was right um and then but you know what like i, <laughs> I felt pretty pretty good that day right. um you know and it didn't it didn't really click until a year later um 
the, the same time, I was like, hey, dad, you know, can you make one of those cookies again? You know, and um, and for me, you know, I think it's different for everyone. But, you know, I think early on, I knew that um, that it was it, it just affected me differently than it affected other people. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started smoking with people in high school, um, it was social for maybe a month or so. And then it just got to the point where I just wanted to smoke by myself and enjoy it by myself. I didn't want to be social. You know, I didn't. Um, you know, and the biggest thing is it took away my aspirations. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I used to do track and field in high school. Um, I was a, you know, student karate instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was pretty athletic as a kid, but you know, once I started doing that kind of stuff, you know, my attention and my drive, um, yeah, you know, it just kind of falls by the wayside. So, um, yeah, so quickly, you know, I mean, just to, to go through this, you know, you know, it went from weed to, um, you know, then I did psychedelics, you know, ecstasy, mushrooms, um, acid, which honestly, I really enjoyed. <laughs> I can't say I really had bad experiences with those, but, um, yeah. I think my first insight to maybe that I might have some kind of problem was that, um, uh, the first time I did ecstasy and then the next weekend I wanted to do it again. And then the next weekend I wanted to do it again. Right. And it just, you know, that, that was kind of like the first red flag. And then, um, yeah, I mean, probably like junior year, started doing cocaine, and then, uh, and, and uh, yeah, and then from there, you know, um, I really lucked out because uh, the the guy who set me up, you know, he said, oh, just go ahead and meet this guy, and, um, you know, I didn't know at the time, but there's this other white kid who was supposed to meet the dealer who had, like, connections to the cartel, and he yeah. thought I was that white kid, oh, wow. so he was like, you know, just, you know, $20 for grand. It's like, you know, is that okay? And like, he was super scared. He was like, you know, like, I don't want to offend you. Is that? Yeah. I was like, sure. Yeah. Fuck it. And, and so, that, so that fueled that fire uh, for a long time. And then, uh, you know, it, it just gets to the point, man, where it's like, if you don't do anything in, in moderation, you know, it, it just, um, you need more, you know, and, or you need something better. So, um, from there, you know, I started doing meth and, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, by the time I graduated, graduated high school, um, you know, I was smoking meth and then I started shooting it up. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom at that point had relapsed. Um, so yeah, we started, she showed me how to shoot up. And from there, it just, um, you know, it went downhill really quick. You know, our house that we had for most of my childhood, we lost right. uh, within six months of us doing that. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it just, it just, uh, took what it took as far as, you know, um, I was at the point I was just living in my storage unit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, you know, your, your, your means for, uh, what you think is acceptable in your life and your, your standard for living just yeah. goes <laughs> down and down. And, uh, I was like, you know, I don't have a problem like that. You know, I have a place to live, you know, the storage unit's 24 seven, you know, it's, I can come and go whenever I want. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so I just, um, you know, got arrested, of course, you know, multiple times for possession, mm-hmm. um, you know, had to go to meetings and that kind of stuff. I put it off as long as possible. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the show Entourage, uh, but this main character, Vince, he's like an actor who uh, eventually has a drug problem. He goes to rehab, he gets out, he's on a movie set. 
he relapses on the movie set and then the director's like, you know, I need you to take a piss test because I don't think you're clean. Right. And so he's freaking out during this whole process and he buys what's called a whizinator. Right, right. You have a fake yeah. penis. Right, right, right. And so my best thinking at the time was like, you know, I saw that show. I was like, maybe I could get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did. I found one. Uh-huh. And, uh, that was probably this one of the stupidest things I've ever done because I'm literally like in the court, you know, I'm on probation. I'm in the courthouse, you know, I'm, I'm in the bathroom and the, the, the police officers, he's standing in front of me. He's not behind me while oh, I'm taking it. Okay. Yeah. So he's standing in front of me and, I, and I'm using this thing and right on the front wall says, you know, tampering with any evidence or, you know, uh, messing up a test, you know, is a felony charge. Right, you know? right. And here I am with just a misdemeanor yeah. drug charge, but thinking, you know, like if I could get by for another week, then, you know, right, the, right. Um, that's the easier way. And so, yeah, um, thankfully that came to an end because uh, my mom turned me in. So. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm just grateful because I can laugh about this shit now. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's what I've done. It's not who I am anymore. But, um, you know, it, it just got to the point, man, where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, you yeah. know, and um, and so through that process, you know, when I when I first got sober, um, you know, I, ne- I needed an outlet. I needed something to fill my time, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and lifting became a, a, a pretty big cornerstone of, of what um, helped me get um, continuous sobriety. You know, because I was coming in and out, in and out, you know, when I first, when I first came to the rooms and then, um, wasn't until I started lifting that, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a mind, body and spirit thing. You know, you can't just focus on, on the mind and the spirit and, you know, be eating McDonald's three times a day and expect to feel better. You know, it it really is a, a holistic thing. So, um, yeah, I started, um, started lifting, um, you know, I got sober, I got into a relationship, you know, with my fiance now, uh, we had a kid, um, who was a micro creamy. So he was three and a half months premature. He was like one pound, five ounces when he was born. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at that time, you know, I, that's when I took up powerlifting because it was such a stressful time in my life and to try and deal with it through sobriety and, uh, you know, find an outlet, you know, I just, found myself gripping the weights a little bit harder than normal right. and, you know, just a little more aggression. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, it really became therapy for me at a certain point. It, it stopped going, it changed from a hobby, um, to like therapy and meditation, you know, mm-hmm. it was that like one hour where, um, you know, I mean, that's why I love powerlifting because in the moment, all you're not thinking of anything, you know, you're just, you know, your breathing is, is honestly the only thing that's going through your head and just, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a few cues here and there, but um, it's one of those few times where I can just shut off my mind. I don't have to think about what's going on tomorrow. I don't have to think about what I just did, you know, at work or anything. And I can just, you know, be present, you know, and right. I think that's really hard to, uh, to come by nowadays, especially with everything that's going on. Um, <laughs> all the news, all the crazy stuff, you know, it's, it's, you know, we forget a lot of the time just to be in the here and now, you know, yeah, yeah, no, that's one when we when we had lunch the other day. Mm-hmm. I, that was one of the things that actually uh, stuck with me, and I've been thinking about it as well. Uh, you know, and that's and maybe that'll be the, the title of the <laughs> podcast. You know, like being, being present. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, one of the parts of the story that you left out though is India. Yeah, yeah. So when um, 
when I was trying to get sober, um, I was still in California. You know, my parents had separated, and uh, my dad decided to do a little soul searching. Um, you know, he went to Hawaii at first. You know, he stayed there for for six months, eight months, and then um, and then yeah, he went to India. You know, he always wanted to travel, um, especially you know before my parents got into a relationship. You know, that was that was like one of his primary goals is he wanted to to see the world. You know, and yeah. then he had me. And, uh, you know, he, he stuck through it though. You know, he's, you know, he had that responsibility and, uh, and so, yeah, you know, when I was 18, 19, you know, and he's, you know, he's like, all right, you know, it's time to focus on me. You right. know? And so he went to India and, uh, and at that point, you know, I was still, um, I quit the hard drugs, but I was still drinking, you know, I just switched one thing to another Yeah. and, um, you know, and I was miserable, I was miserable still. And, you know, he offered, he said, you know, I don't think California has much to offer you anymore. Um, you know, why don't you come with me, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, we'll, you know, backpack together through India. So, um, I sold all my possessions, you know, um, gave my job to, I think I was working at Ikea at the time <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, got my payout, you know, right. about 2000 bucks and, you know, bought a plane ticket and, man like it was it was an incredible experience you know what were some of the things that, that happened there that yeah really stuck out with you? um the one of the main places we went to was uh this this eastern city called uh rishikesh mm -hmm. which is where the uh the beatles actually um wrote one of their albums it, you know they they studied with a yogi over there and uh there's actually a beatles ashram that's been since closed down but it's like a 50 acre like just beautiful i mean it's it's um like you can see it's it's pretty much just wild brush at this point like you know temples that have been kind of torn down and uh you know it's just part of the the wildlife at that point you know mm -hmm. there's elephants and and you know baboons and all that kind of stuff out there and um yeah just to go it's it's at the very top of this hill and it's, I don't know, it's probably like 3,000, 4,000 feet in elevation, you know, and, and the city is right on the Gonga River. Mm -hmm. And uh, and just to be able to have that view overlooking the forest and to see all the mm -hmm. city and the river. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was incredible. And then just just the culture in general, you know, it was such a different, you know, I, I'd always, you know, especially just in my upbringing, it was always like, all right, well, you do something for me, I'll do something for you, you know, kind right. of mentality, right? Like, yeah, transactional. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, getting, you know, and I never felt threatened, you know, people think, you know, because it's, you know, a, a poor country or they're in poverty that um, it's not safe to travel to, you know, I never felt that way, you know, and at the time that was before I worked out. So I was like right, right. 140 pound white kid, you know, like yeah, I, yeah. you could easily take advantage of me. I mean, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, no, I, I got down into New Delhi. I mean, New Delhi was definitely hectic, you know, mm -hmm. but once I got out into the countryside, like I felt so welcome and, and so, um, just at home, honestly, you know, people, people want to get to know you because they don't have a lot going on in their life. You know, they just, um, you know, having that human interaction and, and focusing on the spirit means a lot more to them because they're not so obsessed with the material. Right. You know, and, uh, and of course there's every exception to the rule, you know, there's still, um, you know, you'd, you'd hang out with people for, for most of the day. And then at the end of the day, they're like, Oh, you know, can I have like, a couple hundred rupees, you know, right, and then right. sometimes that was kind of the dagger, but for, yeah. the, for the most part, like, yeah, you know, I um, met this guy, Vicox, who was, um, 
he was a whitewater river rafting um, tour guide. And yeah. so he took us on the Gonger River and to do that. And then, yeah, you know, we had a little mopeds the entire time. And we went to, you know, he showed us to all these different temples and, and you know, he never asked for one thing. You know, and it was just like out of pure friendship and wanting to get to know people and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and Americans are kind of a big deal over there. Cause I mean, there's a lot of white people, but it's, yeah. you know, they're from Germany or Sweden or, um, you know, mostly, you know, Europe and you know, yeah. Eastern over there, you know, and so I'm like, Oh my God, you know, they're like, we love America. Yeah. You know? They're like, where are you from? I'm like, you know, San Francisco. Cause that's the easiest. And they're yeah. like, oh my God, I love San Francisco. <laughs> right. you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was just, you know, like, Anywhere I went, you know, as soon as you would meet someone, you know, you were welcome into their home. You know, mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't even a hesitation like, no, come over for dinner. You know, we'll cook for you. You know, mm-hmm. we'll just you know, you just feel right at home, you know. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that that was a great experience. Rishikesh was nice when um, after we did that, we went up north to uh, Dharmasala, which mm-hmm. is where um, the Dalai Lama has his official home residence. I mean, he travels everywhere, but right. that's, that's his hometown. And, um, so it's this beautiful, beautiful, um, hilltop, um, tiny little town, but it, it's in the mountains. Like, you know, you, you can see pretty much like Nepal from there. I mean, there's just beautiful ice cap mountains and everything mm-hmm. surrounding, you know, it's, it's, um, snowing there in the winter and then, you know, freaking hot in the summer. And, uh, yeah, when we went there, um, I guess the Dalai Lama was just getting back in town from a tour. Um, and yeah, we got, we got to see him in town. I mean, it was, okay. it was an incredible experience. Um, he gave a lecture. I don't, I don't know what it was on cause he was, it was in Tibetan, right. you know? <laughs> but um, just to be in his presence, like uh, it's, it felt like a once in a lifetime opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and just to be with my dad throughout that whole experience, you know, to come full circle with like, he was the first person to give me, like drugs and alcohol and right. for us to both be sober traveling together like you know that's that's the kind of stuff that i'm going to remember that's the kind of stuff that i want to pass on to my son right you know when he grows up you know and travel the world with him and that kind of thing so um yeah you know it was um yeah it's what i needed at the time honestly a fresh perspective yeah no it's and it's uh it's really important to come full circle with your father if you can mm-hmm. Yeah, in that way. I mean, I, I mean, I used to fight with my dad all the time when I was a kid, you know. And then, but uh, you know, like now, I'll get harassed on Sunday if I don't get a call. You know, like, if he doesn't get the Sunday call, I, I get harassed. And and uh, you know, he in a way, he's kind of like one of my biggest fans. I mean, he's not a reader, so he doesn't read my books, but like he he watches everything I do online and whatever. Yeah. He's like, that was really cool. Something like that. I, that was video was good. Exactly. And yeah. so it's really good to have that. I think it's, you know, kind of completes you in a, in a way if you can make that kind of reconciliation with your father. It really, yeah. Have a good relationship. I mean, do you still have a good relationship with him? He, he's like my best friend. Awesome. You know, it's, I mean, he lives in Hawaii still, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, anytime he came to visit last year and it's like, it's like we haven't been a day apart, you know, yeah. I mean, we're still riffing on each other and it's, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I love that guy to that. You know? Awesome. He really is. No, it's really good. And same thing. He's like one of my biggest supporters, you know, yeah. these videos. And of course, he's worried. You're like, oh, don't break your back, you know. Seven, well, that's everybody seven, seven hundred pounds. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's you know? Yeah. Don't hurt your back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That parental yeah. aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he's, yeah. We're, we're still, we talk every week on the phone. Um, you know, we play Xbox every once in a while nice. online, you know, yeah, just yeah. to connect. And yeah, yeah. it's, that's yeah, a good relationship. 
Awesome. Awesome. So, I mean, what do you think the overall takeaways for like your experience in India, how did it affect uh, your personal transformation? Yeah. I mean, so I think the, the biggest thing was just having mm-hmm. security in myself. Like before I left for India, I was just always so insecure. You know, mm-hmm. I, I never had self-confidence. I just, um, you know, I always just felt less than or, or not being able to, um, you know, to live up to people's expectations or the fact that I, I even felt the need to live up to people's expectations mm-hmm. in the first place. Um, you know, I went to India and, you know, I just kind of had this revelation because at first, like I got, I got kind of down because, you know, I'm, I'm talking to all these people from, you know, Sweden and Germany who are like 18 and 19 and two. And they're like, Oh, what are you doing? And they're like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm a bioengineer, you know, like they're all like humanitarian efforts and like, Oh, what do you do? It's like, Oh, I quit my job at Ikea, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what you just know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I really don't know what I'm doing. And, um, but you know, it just, um, like through that process, it just gave me the validation of like, you know, I I don't need to seek anyone's approval. Like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, you know, and as long as I'm putting the next foot forward and I'm actually uh, moving in a positive direction, like, um, yeah, it, it gave me that self-confidence to um, to pick a direction in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I felt like I was just wandering the entire time in California or up until that point. Like, I, I had no idea what I was doing, you know, and just, um, you know, once once I had that trip with my father, you know, and, and uh you know, he said he was going to move to Hawaii and he wanted me to come. Um, you know, I just, you know, I, I finally felt like I had some authority in my life to say, yeah, this is what I want to do, right. you know, and, uh, and to move forward with that. So, yeah, a lot of people have, uh, a lot of men have problems making decisions. Like mm-hmm. they can theoretically <laughs> do anything, but then they don't, they, they don't know what to do. So they don't do anything. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's good to find that. So you, you think you found that from, uh, you know, just having that different experience. Yeah, different perspective. Yeah, yeah. just um, yeah. Cool, cool. So, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, uh, powerlifting? Yeah. So I started. Um, well, like I said, I started when my son was a micro preemie mm-hmm. when he was born. He's uh, he's a little over four now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I started. I guess I started four years ago. I didn't really take it seriously until about two years ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had my first competition back in. Gosh, uh, June of 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, two, just about two years ago. And, um, yeah, my first, uh, competition was out in, um, oh gosh, it was like in Seaside, Oregon. It was somewhere on the coast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, the first thing I did was a deadlift only competition, you know, out of squat bench and deadlift and, uh, just to get a feel for the environment. And, uh, you know, I immediately had a blast, you know, it felt like, um, you know, cause I have like my sobriety community, but having that was like a different kind of community where everyone yeah. comes together, you know, because at the end of the day, like no one wants to see a failed lift. Even if you are competing against each other, yeah. there's still that, like if someone's going for like a 700 pound squat, like you do want them to actually get it, you know? Right. And so it was just, yeah, that camaraderie and like that, that, that fellowship, you know, it was just really cool. But, um, yeah, for me, I mean, powerlifting in general is just, um, it's a form of discipline in my life more than anything, you know, like I, you know, I have a coach out in Portland, you know, um, at strength union and, um, you know, he programs four exercises or four days for me to work out, you know, usually one of them's a 
squat day with accessories. You know, two of them are bench, one of them is deadlift with accessories. And um, and for me, it's it's more just sticking to the program and and having that um, having that discipline in my life. You know, it, it was the same thing when uh, when I used to teach karate and when you know I was involved in that. It was you know teaching that sense of discipline to you know it really does transfer over into other area you know aspects of your life, whether it's you know being on time for certain events or you know, whatever the case, like it's important. And so, um, yeah, you know, it, it teaches me to, uh, to keep a strict schedule. Um, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, there's, there's a part of me that's still like that adrenaline junkie, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so, yeah, going, going for, you know, heavy weights, obviously, you know, fits into that category, but, um, you know, it really is like, you know, because every time I get up to the platform or every time I'm going for a PR, you know, there there is fear there at some level. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's that sense of like, oh, you know, can I do this? You know, can I achieve this? You know, but um, it's like powerlifting. It's like overcoming fear on a daily basis. You know, it's pushing mm-hmm. past your limits, you know, on a weekly basis, doing a little more than you thought possible, mm-hmm. you know. And and for me, I, I feel like that's really important is to always be challenging myself, you know, not to be stagnant, um, you know, just just to keep growing, you know, in some aspect. And um, and yeah, so when um, so, yeah, even at competitions, you know, it's it's uh, I've always been the the mentality of like just fucking go for it. Like, you know, like some people like to be conservative on their attempts and like, just, you know, it's like, I'm either going to bomb out or I'm, right. you know, I'm either going to do really well or I'm going to bomb out, you know, and yeah. uh, at least that way I don't have any regrets about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, uh, I've been doing it competitively for about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done like three regional and local in Washington and Oregon placed first in, in all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I went to nationals last year to check it out in Columbus, Ohio, which was an amazing experience. Um, same thing I did deadlift only just to get a feel for what nationals was like. Right. Um, huge event. I mean, 120 lifters a day for four days. Um, and Columbus itself was just, you know, I really thought like, you know, what's in Ohio, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it didn't strike me as an exciting place, but yeah, yeah Columbus is very much like, yeah, a, a college city, you know, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of nightlife and, you know, it was, it was definitely a nice break from a small town, you know, feel like this. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It, it was nice to get out and uh, yeah, ended up placing fourth at mm-hmm. nationals um, mm-hmm. last year. And more than anything, you know, it's, you know, just, I take things so personally, especially when it comes to competition, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and to get fourth, you know, just like one away from the podium, you know, it it almost sounds kind of vain or shallow that like, oh, you know, I got so upset because I didn't get on the podium, but at the end of the day, like no one's training six to eight months to not, you know, yeah, 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 you want to win at the end of the day, you're not going to work your ass off just to be like, Oh, participation trophy. Good job. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I really took it to heart because I, you know, I thought I was doing enough and, and that's kind of the thing with the small, small town gyms around here is, you know, you're like, to me, I'm, I'm the guy lifting the heaviest weights around here. And, and that's another form of like, you know, well, you get kind of complacent because it's like, well, if I'm doing 150 pounds more than everyone else, then, you know, do I really need to be pushing myself that much harder? And, and, uh, but yeah, having that perspective at nationals and just seeing what those guys are pulling and squatting, like blew me out of the water, you know? And, And since then I've had like just 
a fire, you know, in my heart to like yeah. really fucking bust my ass. And uh, yeah, I mean, since then, you know, like, I, you know, I was squatting around like 400 pounds um, last year. Now I'm at 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I was benching around 350 last year. Now I'm around 460. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was deadlifting probably like 615 and now I'm up to 750. So, right. you know, it's just, it's been, um, yeah, it's, it's been, you know, just, you know, cause I don't, I don't want that to fucking happen again. You know, yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. of the day, like, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not coming to lose, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, it really is, uh, yeah, it's a healthy competitive spirit, you know, like, yeah, you know. yeah, I mean, that's, I think, yeah, I talk about that all the time, it's like, uh, men need some kind of uh, outlet for that. Mm-hmm. They need some kind of outlet for that. And they need some kind of, like you said, structure. Mm-hmm. A lot of men get really lost if they don't have structure yeah. of any kind. And, uh, and you know, to have, yeah, like you said, people who are better than you mm-hmm. at something, like yeah. uh, that's that's super motivating. And I think the way a lot of people look at the world right now, they're, they're like, well, if someone's better than me, that makes me feel bad. And that's not, that's <laughs> yeah. not right. You know, like that, right. that's, you know, that's, that's the wrong way to think about it. Like, well, if they're better than you, then you try to be better or you realize, what sacrifices you aren't willing to make yeah. to get there. What self-improvement you, know? you need to take. Yeah. To yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, yeah. It's so important for men. And that's, that's the advice. It's been very hard, obviously during this whole shutdown and whatever. Um, Amy, you were, you got to borrow weights from the gyms yeah. and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so you can sort of lift at home and, and stuff. And uh, it, I think just, it's really important to, to a lot of men's mental health uh, to be able to do, you know, some kind of physical activity and some kind of like a uh, workout and, and, uh, you know, to have that kind of environment. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like there's, you know, if you're not doing it, there's going to be some kind of like unchecked aggression that's going to yeah. come out, you know, yeah, whether yeah. it's, you know, with people, places or things, you know, there's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why sports really exist. I mean, mm-hmm. because, uh, you can't be at war all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so like, I mean, you know, the yeah. Romans having, you know, the gladiator. Yeah. It was a form of like stress relief for everyone in town. Yeah. 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 They, well, they got the cathartic release from watching exactly. that guy cut the other guy's head yeah. off. <laughs> you know, but, but even like, you know, like the Greeks and the, you know, mm-hmm. wrestling and all that stuff. I mean, you, you compete against each other for fun to, to kind of get that release valve mm-hmm. and, uh, and also just to, to make you better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's to have you focus on being better all the time and not just like, Oh, well, once every 20 years, we need to go do something, you know, exactly. uh, you know, cause you know, not, not everybody, I mean, that's, we, we may live in interesting times right now. <laughs> they may, may be coming, but, uh, I mean, what I've always said for a lot of guys, it's like, well, if nothing ever happens in your life, you still have to, nothing, nothing crazy where you don't have to be a hero in any way. You still need to uh, pursue that in, in some yeah. way. Uh, cause otherwise it, it, yeah, I think men get lost. Yeah, they, if they don't do that. definitely. I mean, yeah, you kind of have to make the opportunity for yourself too. You know, there's not, you're not just going to walk to a burning tree with a cat, you know, and have to go <laughs> save it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what, like throw the cat yeah. the tree? Oh, now I'm a hero. I got to go yeah. save the cats. You know, it's, yeah, you have to, sometimes you have to forge those opportunities for yourself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love purposely straining a cat. <laughs> That's funny. Cool, man. So, so uh, you said uh, you're you're still prepping. You're hoping that mm-hmm. you can do the next comp- you know, competition. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, two months. Yeah, we're about sixty days out. August twenty seventh in Palm Springs is mm-hmm. uh, nationals, and yeah, I mean it's been pushed back once because of you know quarantine going on right now. So hopefully, right. you know, it goes on. But yeah, still, um, 
I'm at the point now where, you know, the, the 12, the last, you know, 12 weeks is really when you start, um, getting into the, you know, the, the harder part of it. So yeah, mm -hmm. we're starting to ramp up first four weeks were pretty smooth. Um, yeah, dropping down to like maybe sets of like, you know, four and five reps. And then the last four weeks, you know, will be heavy singles and, uh, yeah, you know, knocking on wood, you know, it's injury free still. So yeah, yeah. well, you said, and, and just to clarify, cause people are going to be confused. Cause I was, remember I, I said, it, I was like, this guy's benching like four something. Yeah. Like, like he's like my size. Yeah. Like, like, how is he doing that? And he, he uh, Gillian's doing a, a geared powerlifting. Yeah. So there's, can you actually explain that? Yeah. So a quick powerlifting is um, basically lifting with um, suit compression suits in one form or another. So um, you have three different suits each for each lift, mm -hmm. uh, deadlift suit, um, deadlift and squat suits are pretty similar. Um, they're really tight in the hips, really tight in the quads. Mm -hmm. And um, for a deadlift, when you get down in the position, the idea is it'll give you a little more spring or a little more pop mm -hmm. to, uh, to pull through the first half of the lift. Um, squat suits usually have um, pretty good stopping power when you get in the hole. Mm -hmm. So it kind of gives you that rebound out so you don't... Um, sink too low and they can't get back up yeah, you yeah. know um bench shirts are are a fucking bitch for sure uh i bench shirts are definitely um yeah when i bench in, in a bench shirt it's nothing like i bench raw mm -hmm. i mean you know when i bench raw it's it's pretty straight down elbows tucked you know um and straight back up you know with a bench shirt it really is finding a groove you know you almost have to you have to load the chest plate first so it gets really tight. And then once your elbows are out, then you start to tuck it back in and try to get it. Mm -hmm. You're almost touching more your navel and your belly button than you are your actual chest you right. know, to reduce that range of motion. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I first, you know, a couple of years I, I did raw and this will actually be my first competition. Um, doing equipped. So, okay. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, just, if the idea is to lift more weights and heavier weights, then, you know, that's, that's a good way to do it. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fun for me, you know, at the end of the day, like whatever sport you're, you're doing, you want to enjoy it. And, uh, for me, I just, you know, I got a bigger sense of pleasure out of it. And I've also been, um, injury free since I started training that way. Yeah. I was going to bring it up cause you had said that. Yeah. So, um, you know, deadlifts and squats, I mean, I never really injured myself benching, but yeah, um, squats. Yeah. Just, you know, every, you know, just my back or my knees, you know, I mean, I remember deadlifting all the time and, and, um, you know, just driving from, you know, here to Portland, like my back would just be on, like, I'd have to get out of the car. Like it yeah. was just, you know, it was, it was that sore all the time. And, and part of it was just improper training, you know, being, you know, inexperienced at that time. But, um, yeah, lately, you know, it's just been, um, yeah, it's, it's been a safer way, although I am working with heavier weights, you know, and, and, uh, you know, if I do fuck up, you know, it like, for example, like, uh, like a week and a half ago, you know, mm -hmm. I was going for, uh, I think 440 on my bench and it came down just a little bit too far in my elbows. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I got pinned in it, uh -huh. you know, and, uh, so yeah, you know, sometimes it happens, but, um, like any sport, you know, there's going to be some risk versus reward right you know? well yeah i mean it's not like yeah, there has to be fear involved yeah, <laughs> yeah there has to be fear yep. you can't have courage without fear yeah you know like Seriously. and you know if you you're not going to get better uh unless you take risks and mm -hmm. you know it's like that's you know i always have problems explaining it to my mom 
Uh, but <laughs> you know, like that, like, well, no, that's okay. I'm going to take a risk and that's, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, and that's cause that's how you get better. Yeah. I think. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I, you know, I've, and I've tried to, I've, I've not obviously competed in it, but I, I have tried on some of these suits before in the past and they're, they're pretty gnarly in their own way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They like tear up your skin and like make you, make yeah. you like kind of black and blue. I mean, yeah. Every yeah. week, like I have just solid purple right here yeah. just from the yeah. shirt. But yeah. Um, yeah. And getting them on, I mean, yeah, it's like rubbing baby powder on to like smooth yeah. the shoulders, using trash bags to like try to fit your arms through the cuff and well, yeah. And yeah. using the bar to try and wiggle your way in. It's uh, and then, yeah. And then working out by myself because yeah. there's, not other people at like other gyms, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, Josh spots for you most of the time. Thank yeah. God, yeah, 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 yeah. The owner, definitely, yeah. 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 He, and he's really like the only person that I would really trust, you know, when when you're working with four or five hundred pounds. Yeah, pounds, it's know? tricky because you can't just ask anyone to even give you a spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's even like unrack it. Yeah, to hand off because people don't know how to do it and they don't want it to let go mm-hmm. and and uh, it's. It, like you have to have some experience doing that mm-hmm. to actually uh, to not make it dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, and especially if it does become a failed lift, you know. To yeah, to yeah, that's that. when it gets tricky. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, normally with the, people always think that they have to be able to lift like whatever four hundred five or whatever to 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 spot you, and yeah. they really just need to lift ten. Probably, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, but well, uh, yeah, because that's where you're failing at. Too. Yep. But no, cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, so you're looking forward to next the next competition. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. So I mean, and you think that that's uh, helped you stay sober? I think so. Um, yeah, you know, there's been I just you know for the longest time, um, you know, I just uh, like I said, you know, part of it was just not feeling like I had a purpose. Mm-hmm. Part of it was just not having an outlet to to get that aggression or get those resentments out. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is just um, yeah, not, not having direction. So, I mean, yeah, powerlifting kind of gave me that, um, that real insight, you know, to, to what I wanted to do, you know, and, and, uh, and through that, you know, I've, um, you know, found that I actually like helping other people too. You know, I got my certification, you know, I, I personal train at the power station in Hood River, mm-hmm. um, you know, and for me, like, I, I love it because it really doesn't even feel like a job. You know, I, I go in, you know, I help other people for an hour and it really like, I just feel like I'm getting paid to be at the gym, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's like a dream come true right there. Um, you know, and it really is like, you know, it's a mix of clientele between people who um, you know, are just looking to lose fat. And then I have two or three clients that are actually getting into powerlifting and that's like, that's an amazing experience too. Yeah. You know, just yeah. to, uh, to see, yeah, the confidence in them. You know? Oh, no, that's super exciting. Yeah. Actually like training with somebody who just starts. Yeah. And because hey, their numbers go up like crazy. Yeah. They just blow it out of the water. We and, and they get that, they get that uh, sense that yeah, like stuff that they never thought that they could do mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're doing. Yeah. And that changes you a lot. It does. I mean, nine out of 10 times when uh-huh. someone else hits a PR, mm-hmm. I feel better about myself than if I was to hit a PR, like seeing them do it. Yeah. yeah. Like it just, yeah. I mean, I'm working with this guy, Michael, and he just, you know, he hit 315 for the first time, like a month ago, you know, and you know, three plates on each side, you know, it's like, you know, it's intimidating for a lot of people, you know, that's a big deal. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It really is. And so for him to like, 
finally, I mean, we tried for, you know, for about a month here and there, you mm-hmm. know, and finally got it. And like, dude, he would, you could just see the glow. Like, yeah, yeah you know, his, his whole week was set right there. And, um, but yeah, so it's, you know, not just about those moments, but, you know, it's, it's also giving those guys confidence too. Yeah. You know, um, I, that was a big part of why I got into lifting too, because I was, a, you know, I was 140 pound skinny guy, you know, I did get bullied in, uh, middle school, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, when I started lifting weights, you know, part of that aggression, like, you know, just fuck it. Like I'm not going to get picked on again. Right. You know, and as, as much as it sucks to say in this world, like, mm-hmm. Size does matter at a certain point. It's weird because it like maybe doesn't actually even matter in fighting as much. Uh, yeah. But uh, like it's you know you train with jiu-jitsu guys and they're like oh, yeah. tiny and they'll just wrap you up like a baby. But like uh, it, it's 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 the just, perception though the perception that we yeah, yeah. it's a threat to split. Yeah, that exactly. like people people who don't know any better yeah. assume to be afraid of you because you're bigger. Yeah, and exactly. That's, and that's one of the advantages of it, I think. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, to wrap up, I mean, uh, we talked. One of the things I said that I liked that you said it was about being present. Mm-hmm. And, and what what does that really mean to you? You know, it's for me being present is um, it really is just. Uh, it sounds so easy, but you know, I I can complicate the hell out of anything. You know, and uh, being present just um, really means being you know content and happy with where I'm at right now in this very moment, you know, mm-hmm. not, I'm not, you know, trying to, uh, I'm not trying to figure out, you know, what has to come next. Um, I'm not trying to, um, fix what happened yesterday, you know, when I, I can just be, you know, I don't, I can be doing something or I could be doing nothing, but if I'm just happy in that moment, if I can, you know, just appreciate what I have, not, not always be looking for more and just, yeah, just like I am talking with you right now. Like I'm not, you know, like, yeah, I'm not going to think about work, you know, in a couple hours or, you know, the lifting I have to do tomorrow. It's like, that's, I mean, that's life, you know, is, is right here, you know, like, you know, it's never going to happen again right here. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, those are, those are the memories that you hold on to, right. It's like, when you look back, you're not like, oh yeah, I know I should have planned my life better. It's like, it's the things you did in that moment. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely, and it's and it's hard for a lot of people, yeah, uh, right. especially with like all the distractions and whatever. And, you yeah, know, I had to actually I've, I've talked about it a few times before. I had to, uh, I, I found it hard to read mm-hmm. anymore because I, you know, I was always you know like online and you know I have online presence and I'm always like managing it and I'm yeah. always doing all this type of stuff. But like to actually read a book and be like you were when you were 12 years old right? and be like wrapped up in a story, mm-hmm. like I really had to learn to tune a lot of stuff out to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and just be like, hey, I'm reading this story and I'm into it. You know, like, yeah. it, it, took, it took a while to get there. And so, yeah. Definitely. But, uh, cool, man. Well, I, I think this has been cool. Uh, yeah, thank cool. you so much, Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thank All you, right. man. All right. Appreciate it. Cool.